Thank you for joining us for another powerful message from the teaching ministry of Destiny Church. We hope that you'll be challenged and stretched to grow through today's message. But most of all, we hope that you'll encounter the Father's love. If you're in the greater Mobile Bay area, please join us for our weekend worship celebration. Or if you're looking for a church family excited for a revival, please come join us in bringing heaven to earth. It's good to be back home again. Destiny Church is a home. Not another church, it's a home. Amen. I want to thank God so much for my bishop. Rife is my bishop. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw him this morning, I I was not being sarcastic, but I was saying the fact. I said, you were glowing each time I see you. What's your secret? What is Che? What is Che doing to you? <laughs> God is a good God. Yes, he, is. he has blessed our pastor, and the glory of God is all over him. Anytime I see him, he's getting younger and younger and younger. <laughs> I'm so thankful to God for giving me the privilege to be in your midst again. The Lord, I don't know what the Holy Spirit want to do this morning, but from what he was showing me last night, it was about 2.30 in the morning. He stood me up and I had fellowship with him till about 5.30 this morning. And it took me to the heavenly realm and was downloading in my spirit so many things this morning. And I hope that the presence of the Lord will make the difference in your life this morning. You will never be the same again after this service in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen? There are prophetic words the Lord gave to me. And I want to really, really... Holy Spirit, thank you. Wow. Wow. The Lord is about to do something new in Destiny Church International. I see in the realm of the spirit, it was like the sunlight moved from its position. And the sun was coming down. And the glory of the sun was so heavy. And I saw that big light, like the sun, sat on top of the roof. And the whole of the environment was illuminated by the light of the sun. It was so bright 
that a lot of people even find it hard to really withstand the glory of the light. And all of a sudden, I saw the entrance door of Destiny Church right here open. And I saw people coming from every area. Some people coming from one in the one. Some people coming from the other side. Some people coming from every road that leads to this place. I saw people of all race. I saw people of all colors flooding to this place. And God said, lo and behold, I do a new thing. He said, now is the preparation ground getting ready for the wide door open for the new thing that God is set to do in this ministry. And the Lord asked me to tell the church that you are in the incubating room. The Lord is brooding over you right now. And the Lord is preparing you to give you a depth that can help you to withstand the height that is about to come. And the Lord said, this time, tell the church, it is war time. And after war, peace shall be, shall be the order of the day. And then my church will grow. My church will expound. My church will enlarge. And my church will fulfill her purpose right here in Daphne. In Baldwin County, in uh, Alabama, in, in the whole entire United States, and then to all parts of the world. Destiny Church International shall be the center of revival. Destiny Church International, the fireball of God's glory, shall spring out of this place to the entire world. Destiny Church International is in the preparation room for the second phase of the purpose of God for this ministry. The Lord spoke to me early hour this morning. And he said, give this word to my people. Thank you, Father. There are many things we are about to deal with right now. And the message I want to deal with this morning is it's time for warfare. Write it down. It's time for warfare. Can God's people say it along with me as a declaration? Say with me, say it's time for warfare. One more time, say it's time for warfare. And today, by the leading of the Spirit, we are going to deal with curses of family bloodline. We're going to deal with curses of family bloodline. And I'm going to give you two scriptures to get us started. Dealing with curses of family bloodline. Mm. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3. That's where I want us to quickly go. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. I'm going to center on verse 8 exactly. 
Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes is after the book of Proverbs. Chapter 3. And if you read from verse 1. It said to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. Verse 3. A time to kill and a time to heal. I see God healing somebody broken heart this morning in the name of Jesus. A time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to get and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to rend and a time to sue. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate. A time of war. Everybody say war. war. And a time of peace. And the Lord say it's time for warfare. Are you ready? Yeah. All right. Now quickly let's go to another scripture. In Matthew chapter 11 and verse 12. That's really, really good for you this morning. Matthew chapter 11 in verse 12. God said, and this is powerful. This is Jesus speaking by himself. Matthew 11 and verse 12. He said, from the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent and the violin takes it by force. Now, let me re recalibrate that word. He said, from the days of John the Baptist till now, the kingdom of heaven allow violent believers to take their blessings by force. That's a better way of putting it for proper understanding. The violent believer who believe in spiritual warfare are going to take their blessings by force. Let me tell you something. What we don't know is that the devil never wants your happiness. The devil never wants your peace. The, the devil never wants your marriage to be at peace. He wages war against you. And from what our pastor said just a few time ago, that the warfare we are engaged in is a spiritual warfare. We are not fighting against anybody in the neighborhood. We are not fighting against anybody that, you know, make us mad in our place of work. We are not fighting against anybody that steps on our toes. We are not fighting against anybody that, you know, we presume hate us. Our weapons are not physical weapons, but the Bible says we are fighting a spiritual warfare, and that spiritual warfare is against the forces that your eyes cannot see, the forces that they are fighting you, but you can't see them. That makes the, the battle so tense and severe. So 
Let me tell you something that these people that these demons, forces of darkness that are fighting you, you don't even see them. You don't know. You don't know where they are. We don't know. You don't know where they are coming from. But all you can see is the feelings of the blows from the powers of darkness. And the Lord say, my church has been sleeping for too long. The Lord said it's time to wake up and fight this spiritual battle and take what belongs to you by force. It's time that the kingdom of God suffering violence, you're going to take your blessing by force. You are going to take your health back by force. You are going to snatch your children from the hand of the enemy by force. You are going to take it by force. Tell somebody, say, it's time to take it by force. The enemy will not, is not ready to sit on the round table for negotiation. Devil is not going to negotiate with you. The devil, the only language that the devil understands is the language of warfare. It's the language of warfare. If you are not ready to fight the enemy, they are going to fight you anyway because there is no middle ground you are either fighting the spiritual warfare or they are fighting you and it's not time to begin to cry and tell the devil can't you leave me alone devil leave me alone come on i'm tired i'm tired i can't take it anymore what have i done to you devil leave me come on son of god come on daughter of zion it's time to walk in your authority it's time to walk in your authority it's time to walk in your authority Jesus said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread upon serpent and upon scorpion and over all the works of the enemies, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. That's Jesus saying. So you got authority. You got power. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Hallelujah. The devil can take you down. They can't take you out. Hallelujah. So we are dealing with curses of family bloodline. And that is a very, very serious warfare. Let me begin by saying what is a curse? A curse is anything at all. That is not a blessing. Let me just put it in a very simple language. A curse is anything at all that is not a blessing. It's a curse. Anything that does not bless you is a curse. Anything that does not add value to you is a curse. A curse is a direct opposite of blessing. And so, listen, the Bible says, and it's very, very true here, that there are curses that runs through the bloodline of your family, where you come from. Every family here, there is blood that runs through your family line. From generation one to generation two to generation three to generation four to generation five, you are connected 
to a family bloodline. Somebody's DNA is connected to yours. And this bloodline, there are two forces that runs through this bloodline. It's either a curse or a blessing. And a lot of people are suffering today because of the curses in family bloodline. Before we go deeply into that, let me put this scripture on your mind. In Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. That scripture will help you to know where we are going. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 13. We help you to know where we are going. Amen. What's the reading? It says Christ has redeemed us. From the curse of the law. Being made a curse for us. For it is written. Curse is everyone that hangs on a tree. That's where this teaching is leading us to. It's leading us to the man that hangs on the tree. Hanging on a tree to die on the cross is a curse. And Jesus Christ took our place and made himself to become cursed. That the blessings of Abraham might come to every member of, of this ministry. Every member of Destiny Church International. Jesus made himself a curse that the blessings of Abraham can be transferred to you. Having that at the back of your mind, let's back, let's get back now to the curse in family bloodline. And I'm going to take you through the scripture for us to quickly have understanding of what God is showing us this morning. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Now, having said that, we can see here that, that the curse in family bloodline is transgenerational. The curse in family bloodline is transgenerational. There are things that people do. They don't want to do it, but they are doing it. And they don't know why they are doing it. Because it is in the blood. I'm going to give you some example. Some example is father abraham father abraham he his body chemistry is attracted to fair women so sarah was a fair woman isaac also unconsciously was attracted to a fair woman rebecca was fair woman abraham According to Genesis chapter 12 verse 14, told a lie about uh, Sarah and said, she's not my wife, she's my sister. That was a lie. Now, when you read the Bible further, <laughs> in the life of Isaac, in Genesis 26 verse 7, Isaac told the same lie that Abraham told when he was not born. How did he come about telling uh, that lies? Exactly what Abraham said. He said that 
uh, Rebecca is not my wife. She's my sister because he was scared of the Philistines. He said, they're going to kill me. And that was a fear of Abraham. So it was running through the blood. It was running through the blood. There are things that you unconsciously pick up as a character from your bloodline. Not because you like it or you want it, but you pick them up because of your family bloodline. There is that trace in the family bloodline. I am standing here this morning with the prophetic word from God that whatever you have inherited as a curse from your family bloodline, by the power of the blood of Jesus, I wipe it out of you right now. If you believe that, shout Jesus. Nekosha Parada. From the bloodline. It's in the bloodline. Now, there are things that happen also in, with David. David did something that affected the whole family. And it was terrible. Now, David was attracted to fair women also because he inherited it from the family bloodline. And what happened to David? He saw somebody's wife having her bath. The name of the woman was called Bathsheba. You know the story. Bathsheba was having her bath outside and David was on top of the, of the upstairs and saw the woman and said, who is that pretty lady? You know, come on, find out. And they told David, that is Uriah's wife. Call her, let me know more about her. She came, discussion lead to discussion, conversation to conversation, and David committed adultery. By committing adultery, David pulled the trigger of family curse. By committing adultery, the trigger of the curse in the bloodline was triggered. Wow. And from that, David wanted to cover up his sin. He called for Uriah, come over here. Go home, I give you leave. Go and uh, I give you a time off from your job. Go, go. Don't go back to the war front. Go to your house. With intention that he was going to sleep with his wife and then the pregnancy would be blamed on the man. That was the, the system, what he wanted to do. But Uriah said, I'm not going home. I'm not going to sleep with my wife because my colleagues are in the battlefront. I cannot go into pleasure when others. What a soldier. My God. The guy was a disciplined soldier. And he refused to go. And David said, what am I going to do? I'm going to be exposed. Desperate to cover his wickedness. Guess what he did? He now... Uh, wrote a letter and gave it to um, Uriah. When you get to war front, give it to the army commander, Joab. Give him this letter. And Joab read the letter and said, oh, what a pity. Somebody was carrying his death warrant and he didn't even know about that. 
and he was put in the forefront and Joab withdrew army support from him and Uriah was killed so that David could cover up and guess what? Nathan came and exposed him by prophetic revelation and said, you are the one that decided your judgment because David was mad when he told him the story that a rich man in your country, you know, <laughs> uh, had a lot of flock and um, he never sacrificed his flock for his visitors. He took the poor man's flock and killed to feed his visitors. And David said, for real? He said, yes, for real. He said, that guy must die. And the man of God said, you are that guy. And David pulled his crown away and fell down before the Lord. And the book of Psalm 51 was written from the confession and the prayer of David right on the ground there. David pulled a trigger of family curse. And the curse began to ravage from generation to generation. Let me tell you what happened to David next. Immediately after this atrocity, David committed, something happened. His first son, his name was Amnon. David's first son raped David's daughter. Because what a man sow is what he's going to reap. You took somebody's wife and killed a man and married the woman. Get ready to reap what you sow. Because it's going to flow through the bloodline. And God told David, yes, I have forgiven you. But the consequences of what you've done, your family will suffer it from generation to generation. Amnon killed Tamar. And Tamar was the daughter of David. The sister to Absalom. And Tamar was a step, a step sister to Amnon. <laughs> Amnon was in love with Tamar. His own stepsister. And he was advised by his friend. Tell your father, let Tama come, pretend to be sick. Let Tama come and make some uh, indomie for you or some noodles for you to eat. And Tama came and the guy raped her. And Absalom, after two years, Absalom took vengeance and killed Amnon. Blood began to flow in David's family because it was David that triggered the curse. I don't know what is behind what is happening in your family, but I have been asked by God today to come and stand on this platform to invoke the power of the blood of Jesus and quench the fire that your father trigger or that you trigger that is bringing a curse into the family. The blood of Jesus can wipe it away. If you believe that, shout the blood of Jesus. Shout the blood of Jesus. Shout the blood of Jesus. Now, you're going to do something. 
place your right hand on your forehead and say, in the name of Jesus, I release the blood of Jesus over my life. I break every curse in the bloodline of my family right now working against me. In the name of Jesus, I, I flush out every curse from my head. I flush out every bloodline curses against my children. I declare freedom over me today by the blood of Jesus. I overcome bloodline curses in Jesus name. Say amen. There are five effects of family bloodline curses. Five effects. When somebody, when there is a curse running in your family, you can find out in five ways. And I use letter A to make it easy for you to remember. So we are going to see five letter, five letter A that will help you to easily remember the five effects of family bloodline curses. The first A means atrocity. The second A stands for addiction. The third A stands for adultery. The fourth A stands for ailment. And the last fifth A stands for affliction. Now, in let me just explain quickly about addiction. Addiction is a sign of family bloodline curses. There are many family that have issues. It's common everywhere. The grandmother is an, is an alcoholic, was an alcoholic till she died. The daughter, an alcoholic. Now, the granddaughter, alcoholic, is just running through the family bloodline. It just runs down like that. I don't know what you have picked from the family bloodline. You will drop it at the feet of Jesus this morning. If you believe that, shout it, amen. amen. You're going to leave it at the feet of Jesus. Many people that are into drugs, going into jail and coming out of jail, going for program, they are in bondage. They are not happy. They don't know how to be free. Thank God for our government or your government who has put uh, programs in place to help people, counseling and all of that. That cannot really deal with the issue because it is spiritual. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's spiritual. It's a curse running through the blood. Romans chapter 7, when you begin to read from verse 16 down to verse 21, Paul said, the good I really want to do, I, I can't do it. And the bad I don't want to do, I found myself doing it. What's wrong with me? He said, it is sin that dwelleth in me. In my spirit, I worship God. But in my flesh, I find myself doing things contrary to God. I don't understand myself. There is a war going on in me. I don't understand myself. And in verse 21, he said, Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of sin? That was a cry of Paul. And that's a spiritual warfare cry. Lord, I receive deliverance and break the yoke of addiction. Lord, I receive deliverance and break the yoke of lust. And uh, Lord, I receive deliverance and break the yoke of the enemy from my life. Lord, I receive deliverance from the blood of Jesus and set myself at liberty. And that's the cry of your spirit this morning as you cry sincerely from your stomach, from your heart, God will reach out his hand of deliverance and pull you out from the storm. I believe God that somebody can be delivered today in the name of Jesus Christ. Say amen. amen. That's really, really good. Now, I'm going to give you an example of two families, and then we go into prayer. The first family I want to give you an example of, his name is Reuben. Reuben, <laughs> this guy called Reuben, was a great guy. He was the first son of Jacob. You all know Jacob had 12 sons. Reuben. Simeon, Judah, Issachar, Dan, Gad, Asher, Naphtali, Ephraim, Manasseh, and Benjamin, and uh, one other guy I'm missing right now. Okay, Levi. Levi is a Levite, the, the priesthood uh, tribe. I know that he don't have portion of land because God is his portion. The temple, that's where he's going to be, all right? So he's to be in the temple. So he was not given portion of land or whatever. So this guy called Reuben was the first son. Now Jacob was about to die. Listen to this because it's going to help you. Jacob was about to die. He told all his children, he said, come over here. Genesis 49. Genesis 49 was the place that Jacob called all his children together. And when they all came together, look at what Jacob told them. And Jacob called unto his sons, Genesis 49 from verse 1, and said, gather yourselves together that I may tell you what that which shall befall you in the last day. In other words, Come together, all my children. I want to prophesy over you and predict your future and give you a prophetic deposit for your future. Now listen, in verse 2. Gather yourselves together, you sons of Jacob, 
and hearken to the voice of your father. Verse 3. He said, now Reuben, come here, come here. Reuben, come. You are my first son. He said, you are my first son. The, my firstborn, my might, that is verse 3, and the beginning of my strength. The excellency of dignity and the excellency of power. In verse 4, Jacob said to Reuben, you are unstable. You shall not prosper. That is cruel. I don't know if it is like that in your Bible, but my translation says, you shall not prosper. Another translation says, you shall not excel. Because you went up to your father's bed and defiled thou it. Because you have went up to my couch. Whoa. <laughs> what did Reuben do? That his father... We pour out curses on him. It was explained here in verse 4. Number one, Reuben climbed his father's bed. The bed that his father slept on, Reuben climbed it and committed <laughs> incest with his father's wife or with his stepmother. Reuben slept with his stepmother. Reuben, of all women in Bowen County, is your father's wife that you like so much. How in the world can you do that? He pulled the trigger. Of curses. And a curse began to run through his bloodline. Listen. Jacob told Reuben, you will not prosper. You will not excel. What does that mean? You will diminish until you are extinct from the earth. That was terrible. If... There are some of us here that some bad word has been sown into your DNA by your parents because you made them mad and in anger they speak bad word and that bad word was lodged into your bloodstream. And begin to flow from your generation to your children to your grandchildren. Listen. The time of warfare is now. The time to revoke those curses is now. The time to repeal those demonic pronouncements over your life is now. If you're ready, shout now. now. I can hear you. Shout now. One more time like a soldier. Shout now. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. I 
feel so sorry for Reuben. Now, sir, I took time to trace the family line of Reuben. The second generation through the Bible, I took time to trace the family line of Reuben. Now, this is what I found. In Numbers chapter 2, verse 16, the number of the children that came through the lineage of Reuben were 151,450 healthy men that were born in the lineage of Reuben. Take that number again. Numbers chapter 2, verse 16. Rubenites, Rubenites, their census, their number were 151,450 men. Then I read further, I researched further. After a while, the number of people in Reuben diminished from 151,000 and came down to 46,500 people, which is people that died from Reuben were more than half. They began to diminish. Numbers chapter 1 and verse 21 tells you that Reuben was reduced to 406, I mean 46,500 men. When you read further, to the end of numbers, towards the end, the number still went down, down, down to 43,000. From 151,000 to 46,000, from 46,000 to 43,000. Reuben was like a, a balloon that you puncture, that you deflate. Was going down, 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 about to be wiped out. Guess what happened? Moses. Everybody say Moses. Say that again. Say Moses. Now Moses came on board and invoked apostolic and powerful prophetic prayers to intercede for Reuben, to save Reuben from extinction. Where is that in the Bible? Write it down. Deuteronomy chapter 33 and verse 6. That was where Moses break the curse on Reuben. Reuben's father placed a curse on him. And the curse was going from generation to generation. And Reuben was being eliminated from the tribe of Israel. And Moses stood up and prayed. Let's look at the prayer of Moses on Reuben. This is, this will surprise you. God help us. In the name of Jesus, the curse must be broken today. Are you ready today? Yes. The curse, whatever is making you to go down, the power in the name of Jesus will make it to go down today. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. Now look at the prayer of Moses. Moses prayed for Reuben. He said, Pray to God. Say, God, God, let Reuben live and not die prematurely. And let his men not be few. Wow, what a prayer. 
Moses cried to God, please God, sustain the life of Reuben. He is going down, 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 down. Please God, break this curse of premature death. This curse that our father placed on Reuben's lineage. Oh God, please break this curse from Reuben. Let Reuben live and not die anymore. And let not his men be few anymore, God. And Moses interceded for Reuben and break the curse on Reuben. And then Reuben was delivered. Raise your hand up. Every hand that is raised up this morning, I command by the power of the blood of Jesus that generational curses that is falling over you from your father, from your grandfather, from your great-grandfather, every curse in the family bloodline that is affecting your life today, I break it in the name of Jesus. 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 Name of Jesus. Lift up your voice and shout amen. amen. Oh God. Thank you, Father. This is really, really amazing. So from that day, Reuben, if you study further, which time will not allow me? If you study further, Reuben began to build back and build back and came back to the same level because the curse was broken. Say amen. amen. <laughs> now, now, this is really good. Now, he's getting excited uh, uh, Reuben was free from bloodline. Now, in Psalm 11 verse 3, Psalm 11 verse 3 says, When the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? When your foundation, the foundation of your bl bloodline, if it's cursed, what can you do? If the foundation... Of all that is befalling you is from your family bloodline. What are you going to do? Three things you may do. Number one. Number one. What you must do is number one. Have knowledge. The Bible says my people are destroyed for lack of what? Of knowledge. You must have knowledge. Number two, you must apply the knowledge of warfare. If you fail to fight, if you fail to deal with this matter now, you are postponing the, the battle to your children. I don't want to leave any battle for my children. What about you? What about you? I'm going to fight any devil I need to fight today and set my children at liberty. I will not allow my children to deal with the demons that I'm, I, I have been dealing with. I will not allow my children to live to fight the demons that I'm supposed to conquer. No, 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 no. Pastor Rife, I told all my children, I said, you all should be happy and you all should thank God for me. I have dealt with every devil on your behalf. So guys, you are rising up to prosper in every way of your life. Whatever, if you want to 
go uh, academic line, all my children, they make A1 grade. A1 grade in Nigeria means excellence in their academy from, from uh, elementary school to their college. I've had four children pass through college, graduated with the highest grade. Excellent. Why? Because the curse in my family bloodline, I got knowledge and I applied the knowledge and I invoke the power of the blood of Jesus and I deal with all of them and clear the road for my children. You're going to clear the road. Hallelujah. I am thankful to God that the Holy Spirit put it on um, Apostle Rive to deal with a series of war, warfare. That's, a, that's the work of the Holy Spirit. And when I came and saw that you all have been dealing on warfare, so I said, that's a confirmation that today your case will be settled. Your case will be settled. Amen. Amen. Now, this is the last one now before we pray. Jesus is a bloodline of his own. We're going to do disconnection and reconnection. It's a spiritual warfare prayer. They call it disconnection and reconnection. <laughs> We're going to disconnect. Write down these scriptures because we're not going to have time to read them. Jesus' bloodline. Second Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 says, if any man is in Christ, he's a new creation. So Jesus' bloodline is a new DNA. It's a new bloodline. In Psalm 22 verse 30, write it down. Psalm 22 verse 30, he says, a seed shall serve the Lord and it shall be accounted unto him as a new generation. Any seed that say, Lord Jesus, come into my life and be my savior and my Lord, you are disconnecting from the family bloodline that carry curses and you are reconnecting to Jesus' bloodline that carry blessing. So this very moment, you are going to disconnect and you are going to reconnect. You are going to disconnect from the bloodline of your family, right? And renounce it with all the curses that come. I don't care who did what that brought the bad thing into the family bloodline. As you disconnect by confession and reconnect by confession you have dealt a big blow on the face of the devil and from now on now that you are connected to jesus bloodline jesus bloodline is pure jesus bloodline is spotless jesus bloodline is sinless jesus bloodline is clean jesus bloodline has no trace of corruption jesus bloodline has no trace of anything so as you connect to jesus bloodline my god your children are sanctified your grandchildren are sanctified your great-grandchildren are sanctified the bible said in psalm 22 psalm 22 
look at what the Bible say. Psalm 22 and verse 30, it said, because you are a seed that agree to serve the Lord by Jesus Christ's confession, it shall be accounted unto you for a new generation. You are now a new generation of blessed people. You now, you will no more talk about generational curses. You will begin to talk about generational blessings. Hello. So from now on, your language will change. Everything about you will change because you are no more under generational curses. You are Connected to the blood of Jesus, and that facilitates a generational blessing. Now, enforce your deliverance from bloodline curse by disconnecting to reconnect. In Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11, that's where we are going to use for prayer. Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. Shall we rise up as we look at Revelation chapter 12 verse 11? Stand to your faith. It's now time to do, to do the prayer of warfare. <laughs> now, Holy Spirit, thank you. <laughs> Glory. Hallelujah. Uh, church, look, it's a serious business. You don't fight spiritual warfare and be playing around. Spiritual warfare is a serious business. You don't fight spiritual warfare and say, oh, the time is almost 12 o'clock. I, <laughs> I, I need to rush to, to Popeye. I need to rush to, that's not that time. Come on. I, I need to get to uh, Ruby Tuesday before they close. I need to rush to, no, 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 no. Spiritual warfare is a serious business that has everything to do with the blessings of your life, the blessings of your children, the blessings of your grandchildren is a serious matter. Are you ready to take it serious? Yeah. Are you ready to take it serious? Yeah. Now, we are going to do a prophetic move. That's what we call prophetic move. You are going to say, as I move close to the altar, I am moving out of every curse that runs in my family bloodline. Can you take a move from where you are to the altar of God? As I move close to the altar, I'm, I'm walking away from every curse that runs in my family, from every curse that runs in my generation. I'm walking away. 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 Yes, yes. I'm walking away. I'm walking away every curse that it run in my family addiction curse of addiction in the name of Jesus yes keep on coming keep on coming keep on coming keep on coming thank you Jesus keep on coming yes no wonder no wonder a lot of people want to be free from alcohol they want to be free from drugs they want to be free from cigarette they want to be free from weed they want to be free from pornography they want to be free from nudity they want to be free they want to be free all these things are symbol of curses right now god want to do something in your life god want to turn around your life hallelujah now, Revelation chapter 12 and verse 11. We're going to say it together. Revelation chapter 12 verse 11. He said, and they overcame him by the blood of a lamb and by the words of their testimony. Say with me, say, I overcome. I overcome. Every 
every curse that runs in my family, I overcome every curse that runs in my family by the blood of the lamb, by the words of my testimony. Right now, right now, I overcome every curse in my life. I overcome every curse on my finances. I overcome every curse working against my progress. In the name of Jesus, I overcome by the blood of a lamb, by the word of my testimony. Today, in Jesus' name, shout yes! Mandela de Bokoshana. Prayer number two. The second prayer is just like this one. And I don't intend to hold you too long. But listen, this is very, very important. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 12. He said from the days of John the Baptist till now. The kingdom of God suffered violent. The kingdom of heaven suffered violent. And the violent takes it by force. You are going to take your blessings by force. You are going to take your health by force. You are going to take your finances by force. You are going to take it by force. Hallelujah. Raise your voice and say, Lord, anoint my tongue with fire as I pray this warfare. Prayer empower me to take it by force. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I take it by force. I take my health by force. My finances by force. I take it now by force. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. The life of Jesus is in me. The life of Jesus is in me. The blood of Jesus. Is in me from now on. No more death in my family. From now on, no more death. I receive the life of God in Jesus' name. Shout yes. The last prayer, the last one, the last one. You are taking it by force. In the name of Jesus, you are taking it by force. The last one is in the book of Job chapter 20 and verse 15. Job 20 verse 15. It says, it says, the enemy has swallowed your riches. And I will make that enemy to vomit it out again. <laughs> Have you ever wondered why sometimes you are broke? Not because your father is not rich. He owns all the cattle upon the hill. Silver and gold belong to God. Why should the children of God live broke when God has so much in store? Something is wrong. Somebody has swallowed your riches. The Bible says it clearly that the enemy is the one 
in that is snatching wealth from God's people. Because he knows if you are wealthy, you are going to promote the kingdom of God. That's the reason why he don't want you to have anything left. He don't want you to have anything left. Every time you live from paycheck to paycheck. And the paycheck is not even enough to take care of all your bills. How long will that continue? As a child of God, God want to take you to a level where this generation will look at you and say, mm, really, God has really blessed him. The Bible says he will raise you up to a place where even the people that are blessed will still call you blessed. So, all powers that has swallowed your riches, that has locked your finances, that has driven away your helpers from helping you, we're going to deal them a big blow now. Amen? This prayer you're about to do now, you're going to get the result very soon and very fast. At it, it worked for me. Why won't it work for you? I was terribly in need of money. Broke. And I cried to God. I told them, And God showed me this scripture. And I used this scripture against the enemy. And guess what? Somebody came in the morning knocking on my door. And said, God has been talking to me to bring this money to you. But I don't know why each time I don't feel like. But throughout last night, I couldn't sleep. I said, okay, how long did God tell you that? Because you are going to give me some arrears today. <laughs> and we just laugh about it. And he wrote a check for me. That covers my bills for five months. Amen. I told you a story. This prayer is going to work for you. If you don't want money. That's fine. But if you want money. You got to pray this prayer. I'm not talking about your paycheck. If you want money that comes from God's favor. Your paycheck is not enough to take care of you. So you need favor of God. Hallelujah. At I, I, uh, I, my sister and my brother Greg and Mayola are here. There was a time that God, I prayed so hard that night. I was preaching in Isaiah 61. Somebody came and said, God told me to give you $10,000. I was so excited that day. And he said, she's going to bring the money, the, the, the paycheck, the check tomorrow. Oh, my God. I was bubbling and so happy going back 
to Mayola's house, you know. <laughs> and that day I was so happy jumping around the room and the house. And they don't even know why I'm so happy. And when we get back to the church, pastor arrived. <laughs> the woman did not show up. The next day revival, she did not show up. The last day of the revival, I say, maybe something happened at work. I was, my eyes was on the road and she never came. I was so, do I use the word devastated? <laughs> I was so struck in my heart. And I got home and um, Sister Mayola said, Pastor Kadiri, your face is not looking good. What is it? I'll say, it's, it's well, it's well, it's well. <laughs> I went to my room and I went on my knees. I said, Lord, I have already planned out what to do with that $10,000. And lo and behold, it's not coming. And God said, are you to put your trust in man or in me? And he told me, put not your trust in princes or in the son of man in whom there is no help. For except the Lord build the house, the labor in vain that build it. He said, take off your eyes. I said, okay, God, what do you want me to do now? And God said, okay, don't worry. I will surprise you. I said, Lord, I can't wait. I'm waiting. <laughs> Amen. About a week interval, a family sent for me. And I said, Quentin, please take me to lunch to this family. And I went with Quentin. And we sat on the table. And the family said, God told me last night. And I have discussed with my wife to bless you. And went inside the house and wrote the check of $15,000. When I saw it, I said, Maybe my eyes is not seen clearly. Come on. Sir, it must be a mistake. Um, this is 15000 Say, yeah, yeah. Are you for real? Oh, you are kidding me. Don't kid me. Are you real? He said, it's okay, pastor. Are you good? I began to cry. I never see that kind of money in my life. <laughs> I was crying. And I said, Quentin. Take me to the bank right now. <laughs> Tell somebody, say right now. I want to be sure that the check is good. <laughs> because somebody has promised me before and I never see her again. I took the check to the bank. They look at me. What is your ID? All right, ID, take. It's okay. By tomorrow, the money will be in your account. I say, are you serious? I was asking the, are you serious? Say, yes, your money will be in your account. I say, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You must be joking, please. If this is, if this is, I was blessing the Lord and worshiping. Let me tell you something. Last prayer. I don't know why I'm telling you all this. But last prayer. 
as we pray this prayer, miracle, financial miracle is going to hit you very soon. Some of you, it can happen in June. Some of you, it can happen in July. Some of you, it can happen in August. Some of you, it can happen in September. But I promise you something, that before this 2023 is over, money, not just money, money, real deal money, is going to hit you with testimony. Are you ready? Raise your voice, say, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I command the enemy that swallowed my riches, vomited out in Jesus' name. All that belong to me, that the enemy stole away from my hand, I receive it back right now. I receive it back right now. I receive my finances. I receive my favor. I receive my children back to the Lord now in Jesus' name. Whatever the enemy has stolen from me, I take it back. 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 In Jesus' name, shout amen. Put your two hands on your chest. Your two hands on your chest. Holy Spirit, please, let your healing anointing come over your people right now. Your healing anointing in the name of Jesus. Your healing anointing. I command you to receive your healing right now. Ah, your healing right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, my God. Take your healing. I command your blood pressure to normalize right now. I command your kidney to receive anointing right now. I command your liver to be healed right now. I command your lungs to be healed right now. I command cancer die out of my body right now. I command diabetes out of my body right now. Cancer die out of my body in Jesus name can somebody say amen? amen now look at me before I give the microphone to my bishop this is what God told me it's around 3 325 a.m. look at what God told me and I'll just about seven prophetic word number one is for somebody the Lord said, you've been in a secret battle for too long. And you can't even tell nobody because you find it hard to trust anybody. And the Lord said, at the end of this service, that very problem, that very secret battle 
God say it's lifted from you already. And from now on, you're not going to talk about the problem anymore. You are not going to talk about this battle anymore. You are only going to talk about what the Lord has done for you. Mm. Number two. The Lord said, I, I will deliver three people. And their case is, every time you keep on seeing the face of dead people in your dream, they come, they talk to you, they come, they intermingle, and sometimes they come with one motive or the other. And the Lord said, prophesy the anointing of separation we separate them from the faces of dead people the living got nothing to do with the dead right now the face of people that are dead dead relations dead people dead uncles dead friends dead cousins that you always see their eyes and the spirit of the dead always hover around your bed when you are sleeping and you can see them interacting with them. I stand under the apostleship anointing of Rife Stewart. I decree from this podium that the anointing of separation will separate you from the land of the dead and from communicating with the dead forever from now. See those faces no more in the name of Jesus. Can somebody say amen? amen. amen. Number three, number three, Holy Spirit, have your way. I see two men standing here and Four women. That's six people all together. <laughs> Your expectation has over delayed for too long. And the Lord said, I'm going to lift you above every delay and hasten your miracle to come in this season. I pray for you, whatever you have been expecting, money, paychecks, or some things that you're supposed to get from the government or whatever that have been long delayed. Or what you're supposed to have from the lawsuit. In the name of Jesus, there is a quick release of anointing. And you are receiving it right now in the name of Jesus. And the sense of God will say amen. amen. Number four. Please, I... The Lord was telling me this 3.20 a.m. this morning. Thank you, Jesus. And God opened my eyes. And I find myself standing with somebody. And that somebody is right here. And I can see the person right now. But I don't want to embarrass nobody. So, the Lord showed me that there is a conspiracy over and against you in your place of job to discredit you, to run your personality down, to blackmail you, and they wanted to use this 
as a way of gaining favor from the management. The Lord said, I should tell you. I don't know what God is about to do. The Lord said, I should tell you, in the name of Jesus, <laughs> in few days ahead of you, I'm going to set confusion in the midst of your conspirators. Those who are talking about you at the back to blackmail you, to run your image down. God said, I'm going to expose them and disgrace them publicly. I don't care who they are, but God is going to do it. And you will see it with your eyes and you will come back to the church to testify. Number five. Number five. <laughs> the Lord is showing me that everyone standing by this altar, the Lord said, all your wasted years shall be restored. Restoration. Anointing of restoration is coming upon you. All your wasted years shall be restored. Number six. The Lord said, I should tell somebody here that God is planning to expose your enemies that are wishing you to fall. He said, the trap and the, the hole that they dig to make you fall inside, they themselves will fall into the same hole. Because when God says yes, nobody can say no. And the Lord says, I should tell somebody, your enemies will dance the dance of the drum they are beating for you. He that is beating the drum of shame for you shall be the one to dance the dance. Which means, whatever they plan against you, they will fall into it. That's what it means. The last one that God showed me, and I will just drop the mic. I see God bringing transformation to you, a quick transformation. Transformation that will surprise people that know you. Life appears to have dealt with you to this level, but God said, I am releasing upon your head the fire and anointing of quick transformation. In other words, you lost your home, your house, and it, you left it for foreclosure. Let me tell you something. A quick transformation. A quick transformation. A quick transformation. I met somebody last. I told him, you are homeless now. He said, yes. You are homeless. He said, yes. All right. We prayed this kind of prayer. And I told him, before I come back, God will give you a house. And it happened. And that was 2017. I came back again. I told the same person. I said, God is showing me that before 2019, you will be debt free. And God made one person to write a check and pay off the house. I'm done. So I just want to, I want to seal the words 
of the Lord here today. You can go read it for yourself, but the scripture talks about the sowing of the word and how it, you know, the, the, the metaphor is it, it's sown. Some of it falls by the wayside. Some of it falls on hard ground. Some of it falls on really rich soil. And so I, here's, here's the deal. We need to seal the word of the Lord. The scripture says that God watches over his word to perform it, but God will not force his word upon us. Man, I receive that word. Every word for this house, I receive for this house. Every word, Father, that I could receive for myself and Shay personally and for my family, I receive it for me personally. And Holy Spirit, we seal the word of the Lord over our, our house, meaning destiny, and over our homes in Jesus' name. We seal it by partnering with it. You hear me? We seal it by partnering with it. God does his part, we do our part. So Lord, we seal the word of the Lord over our homes and over this house in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen.